0: Hello, listeners. Be advised that this show is an immersive audio experience. It may seem like sounds are coming from the sides or behind you. Listener discretion is advised, as this content is intended for adult audiences only. Q-Code presents Baraska, starring Cole Sprouse. Created by Rebecca Klingel.
1: Baraska is presented by Mint Mobile. Don't let big wireless providers scare you into a bad phone plan. Get affordable premium wireless service for just 15
2: bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash baraska.
3: How much longer until we can turn the car on?
2: We should wait another half hour. We want the gas to last until morning.
3: Oh, God, I've never been so cold in my life.
2: Do you want another jacket over you?
3: No, no, keep it. You already gave me most of the clothes. I'm okay. I guess the good news is that I'm so cold, I can't even think about how screwed we are.
2: I can't stop thinking about how screwed we are. Tell me. You don't want to think about it, Kay.
3: Come on, it'll distract me from how cold I am. Tell me.
2: All right. So even if we risk the gas to get back down the mountain, the snow is too deep to guarantee we wouldn't get stuck. Right. So we're stuck up here, freezing to death. And if we don't want to die of hypothermia, there's only one other place to go.
3: Baraska.
2: Yeah. But even if we wait until daylight and walk through the woods, we wouldn't be able to find it. I don't have enough service on my phone to plug in the coordinates from the note.
3: Okay, you can stop. Maybe I don't want to be reminded. Shit.
2: And even if we did have service, and were able to map the new Baraska camp and make it there without succumbing to the elements, once we got there, we wouldn't be able to defend ourselves. With
3: only one bullet and vest.
2: And we'd be shot on sight.
3: Oh, your bedtime stories need work, Walker. Also, that last part is not true. wouldn't be shot dead on sight. Your dad said he wants to see you.
2: Then you would be shot dead on sight. Or worse.
3: Right. Or worse.
2: I'm turning the car on.
3: No, we need to conserve. Oh, my God. Even this cold air is warmer than the car right now.
2: It'll heat up in a few minutes.
3: What's your phone at?
2: up to 19%. That's
3: good. What's in that notebook you're always writing in it? Letters. More letters, the theme of our lives. And who are they to? Okay, you don't have to tell me. What do you write about?
2: Just... everything. I guess they've turned into more of a journal than anything. Leah thought they might help me. I, I don't know. Process, I guess. And do they? <sighs> yeah. Sometimes it even feels like he's really reading them.
3: They're to Kyle.
2: Yeah. Not that he ever will read them.
3: You don't know that.
2: Okay, I, I know what Jimmy said.
3: But you don't believe him.
2: Well, if we think about it logically... Never mind, it doesn't matter.
3: No, I want to know what you think. I can handle it.
2: Fine. If we think about it logically, what would be the point of sedating Kyle to a near comatose state for a decade? Why not just kill him if you don't want him to be an issue?
3: Maybe the Landys made a deal. They didn't want Kyle to die, so this was the compromise.
2: But then why the obvious payoff?
3: Okay, fine, maybe maybe Cleary took a liking to Kyle. He is from Killian's line.
2: Cleary hates, hated Kyle. And he didn't lift a finger to stop Jimmy from beating him to death.
3: Okay, well then, well maybe it is all a lie and Kyle really is gone and maybe we'll die without ever finding out anyway.
2: Maybe they're keeping Kyle sedated because he's leverage.
3: Leverage over whom?
2: Over me. Jimmy said something to me last week. He said, Graham likes to play sick games with his kids.
3: So, weaponized love?
2: He married my high school girlfriend. I wouldn't put it past him to keep Kyle waiting in the wings to trot out whenever he wants to fuck with me or control me.
3: But he hasn't done that, used Kyle against us, so... Maybe you're right, and Kyle's just... gone.
2: He hasn't done it yet.
3: What are we gonna do, Sal?
2: It's only 1.54 a.m. So I guess we're gonna pray that the gas lasts until morning. Hopefully the sun will be warmer, and maybe we'll be able to think clearly, figure something out.
3: And if we can't...
2: And we walk down the mountain, see if we can make it to a road. Hope the sheriff's department doesn't have game cameras all over the mountain.
3: I never wanted to die here. You won't. How are you feeling, other than cold, with back pain and headaches?
2: Don't worry about that, Kay.
3: I bet you wish you had some heroin right now.
2: <laughs> I wish I had a lot of things, but no shortcake. I'm glad I don't have
3: anything. Even if we die?
2: Even if we die. I got to see you again, and you got to see me. This version of me, not just the fucked up one.
3: Ah, eh, he wasn't so bad. Okay, he was a bit trying. Do you really think it would be so hard to find Baraska? If we just set out looking for it in the morning.
2: That's a needle in a haystack situation, Kay. Trust me, Kyle and I went through this before.
3: But the coordinates, they, they gave us, we can- Do
2: jack shit for us without GPS. I know,
3: but don't you think that they wanted us on this access road? We can't really be that far, maybe even only a couple miles.
2: That might as well be a thousand miles if we don't know which direction to go in.
3: I still think we owe it to the universe to try. If we can kill Graham, we get Kyle back.
2: Kill Graham with what? Our one bullet?
3: We have the vest, too. The
2: vest will save one of us from a chest shot. It won't do shit if you're shot in the head.
3: Who said I was going to wear the vest?
2: You... No one is going to wear the vest. We'll talk about it in the morning, but I think our best bet is to get the fuck off this mountain.
3: That's not what you were saying last night.
2: Yeah, well, that was before we found out they took everything we had to defend ourselves with.
3: So we're giving up?
2: For now, we are. We're not showing up there with one bullet.
3: Why not? It's still a chance, isn't it? Did you know I hired two different P.I.s to try and find Kyle? They couldn't. Said records of him had been scrubbed from everywhere. I want him back, Sam. And I want everyone in that place to be freed from further horror. Isn't that what you promised them? That you would come back and save them? Sam, we can't just give up without trying! Where are you going?
2: Smoke. Can you hear me? Eric? Kind of. Where are you? It's, it's really loud. That's the wind. Look, I need you to- Fuck. Can you hear me? I'm trying to call you I'm, I'm not in town. I'm on the mountain. I need you to call Leah. Kimber and I We're fucked. I came to do this with you. But can you hear me? I, I'm in Driskin. What? Hang on. Are you there? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Did you say that you're in Drisking? Yeah, where are you? I went to the hotel, but you guys were gone. Your room is ransacked, by the way. You, you can take the pics to that one. Why are you in Drisking? Because I wasn't able to do anything from Chicago. I was getting frustrated. and Then you, you asked about the breakfast sandwiches, and I thought, hey, probably needs more boots on the ground. So I took an overnight bus and delivered them personally. That's insane. Yeah, well, you're my friend,
4: and also i still stole the guy the shot with Kimber.
2: Not a chance in hell. Why, why the fuck didn't you knock when you dropped off the sandwiches?
4: The car wasn't there.
2: But Kimber was. Oh shit! I ended
4: up going to a stayed at a bed and breakfast in town. The stolen credit card, good Wi-Fi.
2: Look, man, we're up on the mountain. Cops have us blocked in. We're trapped up here, and we're freezing. What do you want me to do? You have a car? Where would I get a car? I I, I told you I took the bus. You don't know how to hotwire a car, do you? No. I, I can watch some videos on YouTube. Fuck! 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 Are you okay, man? Can you call Leah? Tell her what's going on. We're trapped at the top of the access road on State Road 282. The turn-off by the reservoir lookout. Look for the plowed road. Okay, got it. I'll tell her. I will figure out how to hardwire a car. Or I'll knock someone out and take their keys. Listen, before this call fails, do me a favor. Open your GPS app and, and map some coordinates for me. Sure, but you know you have service at the moment, and you can do that yourself. Shit. You're right, hang on. got it. You don't sound too enthused. Tell me about that. It's an hour-and-a-half walk from here. I'll text them to you. That far? Yeah, it's... Never mind. I've got it now. Even if you lose service, it's time because the GPS will still track you. That's not how my gerbil died. What? Shit, I think I'm losing you. Eric, listen. I need you to find that fucking hard drive. It's the only insurance we have for our lives. Maybe you could ha- hack into, like, the website that makes the hard drive and find out who bought the one in this area. And that's why I came here. What? Say that again. I said that's not something I can do. And then I asked if you had any leads on who's storing it. Cleary's dead, and it wasn't at Graham's house. Jimmy isn't the type to keep good paperwork. We thought maybe it could be up at Baraska. If they have Wi-Fi, it could be. They'll make us of those obvious things. Site. What does that mean? Buried in a server room. The libraries, hospitals, universities, school district data centers. Can you hear me? Eric? Sam? Call Leah. Call Leah and tell her where Kimber is. Make sure it's to Leah. Call Leah and tell her where. I got service. Eric's here, And Drisking. I just talked to him.
3: I-, I heard the scream and you weren't here. I-, I knew you were close, but I still thought- I know.
2: I think that's the fastest I've run since 11th grade track. It's okay.
3: You're okay. We're okay. I didn't realize we were so close to the shiny gentleman on this side of the mountain.
2: We might not be. It echoes like crazy in here.
3: You said you talked to Eric? He's here? Yeah. Shit,
2: okay? It's been 20 minutes. We have
3: to turn the car off. Oh, God, just two more minutes, please. You let in all the cold air. Okay. Wow, Eric's here. Can he help us? Oh, God, will they hurt him?
2: Eric knows how to keep a low profile. He's using a stolen name and credit card. He's going to call Leah and tell her where we are.
3: Can she do anything?
2: I don't know. There's something else. When I had service, I was able to map Baraska.
3: What? Really?
2: I had service. So I plugged in the GPS coordinates. It's an hour and a half walk. Probably longer with how deep the snow is getting.
3: They wanted us to be weak when we arrived.
2: And they want us to be weak enough to miss our one shot not much of a game when one side has all the advantage.
3: Hey, you've got me, though. right?
2: Kimber, I'm going alone.
3: Oh, no, not again. No the fuck you are not.
2: Yeah, I am.
3: Uh, my gun, my bullet, my fucking pound of flesh, remember? I remember. I want to kill Graham! It is my right! Kimber. No, Sam, just no. You know how important this is to me.
2: More important than being alive at all? What about Kyle? What if you could have saved him, but you wouldn't got yourself killed for no fucking reason?
3: Well, I'd have to know where he is first, so I have to go and kill your dad.
2: Look, I have a plan.
3: Then tell me what it is.
2: You are not part of it. Kimber, I
3: can't. No, no, you wouldn't do this to me, Sam. You couldn't. You know I need this, so don't try and play the hero now. I've been dreaming about killing that motherfucker for a decade. You do not know what he put me through.
2: I have an idea, which is why I can't let him near you again.
3: You don't get to control that. I don't need your permission, Sam. Any man's permission to do anything.
2: Yeah, you're right. You don't need my permission, but you know you're not getting close to him without me.
3: You would really do that to me? Leave me behind?
2: Yeah, I would, and I'm going to.
3: Fuck you! Fuck you!
2: You can hate me, Kay, but I'm not letting him take anything else from you, not your life or anything else. I'm going alone.
3: You're the one taking from me now. You're no different from him at the end of the day. You're just like Graham after all. Manipulative, fucking selfish. I
2: tried to tell you.
3: And I have been working for this for 10 years and you're stealing it from me. The nightmares will never go away now. I fucking hate you, Sam. I hate your face, his fucking face.
2: I can't let you die. I'll find Kyle for you, I promise. Eric is going to come for you. Eric and Leah. Shut
3: up! Shut up! I wish you had died! You instead of Kyle! I think about it every day!
2: Me too. There's a lot to think about when you're walking towards death. But instead of the existential bullshit I expected, my mind wandered in and out of the past, reveling in moments I'd been unable to conjure for a decade. Memories of my family, as we were in the good times, memories of my childhood friends. Good moments, bad moments, things I regret. I guess you could say it was a version of my life flashing before my eyes. It just happened very slowly, painfully slowly. (laughs) Despite what I told Kimber, I really didn't want to die sober. I didn't want it to hurt. So much in life had already hurt, and I guess it was too much to ask the death to be peaceful. No, it was going to be terrifying and painful. I hoped, fuck, I begged God that things would go as planned, and that if they didn't, it would at least be a headshot and over before I knew what happened. An hour in, I became so cold that I started to actually wish I was at Baraska, instead of dreading it. I daydreamed about warmth. Maybe Graham would take me inside one of the buildings to talk to me. Maybe he'd just arrest me and put me into the back of a police car. Warm air blowing all over me. I hadn't gotten a lot of sleep. So when I came upon a mile marker, I almost didn't believe what I was seeing. It was a jungle gym. A playset, half buried in the deep snow. I could see the top half of the slide, the monkey bars. Whatever number was painted on it was hidden below. I gave it a wide berth. But it shook me up just the same. Of all the memories playing through my head, I kept coming back to one. very recent one. Something Eric had said on the phone about the records being hidden in plain sight. At the end, when the static was stealing most of his words, I swear he'd said school data centers. I couldn't stop thinking about that. My mind went back to it again and again. Because it would be just like my dad, with his games. To hide records of decades of abuse in a school for anyone to see. It would be just like him to flaunt it. Drisking High School had a computer lab in the basement. Kyle and I used to sneak in there and dick around all the time. And right next door to the lab was the Drisking Historical Society. It was almost too perfect, too obvious. So the thoughts slipped away, like smoke on the wind, and eventually there was only room for cold thoughts. I was wearing six layers of clothing, but frozen to the core by the time the sun turned the sky a murky gray. My fingers were too stiff and cold to even light a cigarette. The phone slipped from my numb fingers more than once and I had to retrieve it from the snow. At least the GPS was easy to follow. After another 20 minutes, which felt like fucking hours, I was forced to cut across a river. I almost didn't have the strength. I wondered if at this point I would succumb to the cold before I reached Baraska but I wanted to get as close as I could. My chances of survival were dwindling to almost nothing, and I became more and more determined to at least get there. I wanted to look Graham in the face and tell him what I thought of him. The dot on the map was getting closer and closer, but I was desperate to sit down out of the wind. The thought was becoming powerfully attractive. Every soft stretch of snow a new place to lay down and rest. I was just about to drop when I finally noticed the familiar edges of a mining camp. I stumbled towards it, renewed by my purpose, my love for you and Kimber and Whitney and the promises I'd made ten years ago. This camp was different than the other Baraska operation. It was more exposed, flatter. The building spread wider apart. The telltale air of death and suffering was the same. The sheriff must have been tracking me because he was already standing in the large clearing facing me, surrounded by 11 of his men, including a smirking Jimmy Prescott. Jimmy was standing a few feet behind my father, smoking a cigarette in the shelter of a building's eve. He winked at me. What a fucking prick. Before I even realized they were behind me, two uniformed deputies pinned my arms to my sides and dragged me the last few yards in the camp. Thirteen men. Thirteen men and one bullet. I couldn't believe it all came down to the flighty whims of Jimmy fucking Prescott. They dumped me at the sheriff's feet, and he looked down on me in disgust. Here he was, after all these years. A man who'd only ever been on the cusp of my nightmares. Ineffective. Impotent. But I knew better now. He was the big boss, the mastermind, the main event. I ignored everyone else as I stood up to look the sheriff eye to eye. And I realized we really were almost identical in every way. His hair was the same dark brown color as mine, his streaked lightly with gray. The skin on his face boasted only a few light creases. And I knew my terrible lifestyle had given my face a similar weathered appearance. I wondered how Kimber was able to look at me every day. How she loved me at all. Hello, son. Welcome home. This isn't my home. And I'm not your son. (laughs)
4: Lots of things can be debated, Sam, but not that.
2: I am your dad. You are a fucking disgrace.
4: Officer Greg, teach my son some respect.
2: I didn't bother to defend myself. Not sure I even could have. My blood was pumping so slowly in my reactions, clumsy and stunted. Greg's fourth punch split my cheek open under my left eye, and I didn't rush to get up from the numbing snow now pressed against my face. It was in that moment that I felt buraska all around me again. The change of venue hadn't deafened it at all. I swear I could hear them whispering through the walls, same words I'd heard 10 years before. Help me, don't leave me. The building to the sheriff's back was definitely the dorm. It was larger than the others and radiated the same aura of agony and death. I concentrated on that building instead of the beating I was taking from Grig. It helped me focus. It brought me back to my feet, only to get knocked down again. But I kept getting up. No matter how pink the snow was turning underneath me.
3: That's
4: enough. Now listen the fuck up, Samuel. This little mission of yours ends today. I don't know what you thought a woman and a junkie could do against me, against an operation of this size, but it's disappointing. Clearly, you didn't get your mother's instincts or my intelligence. So I'm going to give you a few options. You could hand over the gun and scurry back to that ghetto you crawled out of. No. Really? Because that would be a very good idea. Uh, You come into my town uh, and raise hell for days. You scare some good people, including my own wife. You broke into my house, burned a picture of my daughter, your sister, and beat Emmeline. You're lucky you're still breathing, son. I didn't touch your wife. No? That was Kimber Destaro, wasn't it? I sent men out to retrieve her from the mountain an hour ago. (sighs) I got unfinished business with that girl.
2: Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you did to Kimber, to my sister, to other people. You're a sick piece of shit. A cancer. I'm gonna watch you die.
4: Well then, by all means, take your shot, Samuel. I'm a reasonable man. I play fair. We left you a vest and a bullet. You just remember, boy. Your aim better be true, because when you come at the king, you better not miss. Believe me, I won't. <laughs> or you could use the sense you were born with to go home to your junky friends and lifestyle.
2: I'm not doing that anymore.
4: Ah, but you will again, because you're weak. Now, unless you want to hear the other option, why don't you fuck off? No. There are things you
2: need to answer for.
4: I don't answer to anybody, Sam. and Cleary learned that lesson the hard way.
2: Just tell me, why did you hurt Whitney? Careful.
4: I avenged your sister's death.
2: After... After you raped her. (laughs) He fucking pistol whipped me. And before my vision had even cleared, he snapped one of my ribs with the toe of his boot. I lay curled on my side unable to move as the pain radiated from my chest to my spine and scattered to every nerve in my body. God, I wanted some fucking smack. If I was high enough, death would feel like a glorious footnote. When the pain was manageable, I rolled over to my hands and knees, spitting blood into the snow. Graham was still standing above me, red rage spread across his face. And I just couldn't fucking help myself. <sighs> Bit of a sore spot.
4: <sighs> you say anything that filthy about your sister ever again, I will shove my gun under that ballistic vest and shoot
2: you in the fucking gun! <laughs> what about my mother? Can I ask about her?
4: your mother what a woman she was you killed her I didn't lay a hand on your mother I loved Lizbeth loved her she died because she was driving drunk I don't believe you who gives a shit this isn't a Q&A then why why am I still alive You had your chance to leave. You decided to stick around and say disgusting things about your sister. So in this case... Was I wrong? About any of it? You were talking about things you know nothing about. I loved Whitney. More than you could imagine. You're a fucking monster. (laughs) Oh, Oh, come on now, Sam. Is that any way to talk to your father? Maybe I'll get Ramirez over here next to teach you some more respect. You're
2: not my father. Not
4: anymore. Mm, I'm afraid it doesn't work like that. I know... what you did to Kimber. Yeah, sure. But do you know the circumstances? The context? (laughs) Would you rather it had been someone she didn't know? Or someone that disgusted her like that geriatric fuck Cleary or cocaine Jimmy over here? I would rather... It'd have been no one! You better watch your tone with me, boy. It's bad enough that my men are seeing what a joke my own son has become. Let's send him inside.
2: Let's just talk, you and me.
4: Oh, yeah? That chambered round in your pocket getting itchy? Go ahead. Pull that gun on me so I can kill you nice and legal. You expect me to believe you care about legal? You're a cop running a human trafficking ring. Fucking cop! No, Sammy, I'm a businessman. You could be too.
2: I don't want any part of your business.
4: No, you don't, which is fucking confusing. You don't know me. You're still my son. I'm an alpha. That's why I can't figure out what the fuck happened to you. You've got the blood of kings running through your veins and you fill them with tar. My only son. A white trash drug addict. How do you think that makes me feel? This should be your birthright, and you're too weak to take it.
2: I'm stronger than you think, Graham.
4: Oh, yeah? Strong enough to live through a bullet to the head?
2: Are you? Hey, boss. Look what I caught lurking around the perimeter. 15. 15 men. Fuck. Two I hadn't seen previously came around the side of the building pushing a woman in front of them.
4: Kimber. Well, welcome, Princess. Glad you decided to tag along.
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sam. I, I shouldn't have. I thought that.
4: Well, now. I heard you turned into a looker, but I had yet to confirm it myself. Hello again, sweetheart. Don't
2: you fucking touch her! Sit the fuck down.
4: This one yours? Well, hell. Maybe the apple didn't fall too far from the tree after all.
2: Stay away from her! Sam,
3: stop! They'll kill you! <laughs> STOP!
2: Stay away. You
4: f- fucking... You fucking pervert. Manner, Sammy. That's no way to talk in front of a lady. This is your last fucking warning. Don't worry. We'll catch up soon, Kemper.
2: Let her go. Let her go. I'll do whatever you want.
4: (laughs) (coughs) And that, Sammy, brings us to your other option. I'll do it. I swear. Just let her leave. No! Good. You're gonna stay here (coughs) And run this shit with me. Get your hands dirty for once. No,
3: Sam, don't!
4: Deputy Sutton, shut her up. Uh, uh, uh.
2: Mike, don't you fucking dare. You piece. Motherfucker. Sup, Walker? Uh. I don't work for you. Uh.
4: <laughs> now then, about the family business. You want Kimber uh. to walk out of here instead of being uh. dealt with like defective property she is? You're going to have to prove you're in. And I mean really in. So why don't you go on inside, pick yourself out a girl, and make me some money. Don't stand. No! I can't. Can't what? Can't stand up? Or are you saying you're too much of a pussy to take your place at my side? I'm sorry, Shortcake.
2: I can't do it.
4: Turns out my son is a weak little shit. As suspected. Sutton, take Kimber inside. Last chance, Sammy.
2: No, 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 you can't. You can't take her in there. I'm begging you.
4: How disappointing.
2: He shot her, without even turning to look at her. The sheriff shot Kimber in the chest where she stood. She fell over into the snow, without making a sound. No, no, Kimber, no!
0: Jessica Starr as Cole Sprouse, as Sam Walker. Sarah Yarkin as Kimber Destaro. Bo Knapp as Eric Tucker. Mark Derwin as Graham Walker. Gary Galone as Officer Grigg. Aramis Knight as Mike Sutton. Sean McGuire as Jimmy Prescott. Nick Sagar as Officer Ramirez. With additional performances by... Sean Broyles. Chantal Williams. Mara Schuster-Lefkowitz Jeffrey Kennedy Winston Story Deanna Rooney Written and created by Rebecca Klingel Directed by Kristen Burke Executive produced by Cole Sprouse Rebecca Klingel Rob Hurding, David Henning Sandra Yiling, ling And Michelle Zarati Co-executive producer Shin-Yin Hiyu Produced by Brandon Weisner, Original score and composition by Darren Johnson Additional music by Brian Kessley. Music editor, Brian Kessley and David Tadishore. Audio engineering by Ryan Walsh, David Tadishore and Gabe Birch. Edited by Neely Oftering. Additional editor, Ryan Walsh. Sound design by Christoph Classé and Andrew Pomeroy. Mixed by Ben Milchev. Additional mixer, Sarah Ma. Casting director, Meg Mormon and Sunday Bowling. Assistant Director Kelsey Adams, Script Supervisor Omar Barahona, Production Coordinator Tom Breck, Head Production Assistant Nathan Yan, Production Assistant Alex Buda, Post Coordinator Emma Jacobson, Production Legal Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel, Production Accounting Pinchen Liu, Special Thanks to Mara Schuster lefkowitz This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA Collective Bargaining Agreement. Barasca is a Q-Code production. Sound recording copyright 2022 by Q-Code Media Inc.
1: Barasca is presented by Mint Mobile. Don't let big wireless providers scare you into a bad phone plan. Get affordable premium
2: wireless service for just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash
0: Are you ready for the ultimate Love Island experience? Join us on After the Island. We're going back to where it all began, Fiji. Love Island
3: USA Season 5 is making a splash on Peacock right now.
0: And guess what? Your favorite recap show is back too. Welcome to After the Island.
3: Join us as real-life besties
0: and co-hosts, Elizabeth. And Alex. As we deep dive into each sizzling episode of Love Island USA. We'll spill the tea, interview contestants, answer fan questions, and give you unprecedented behind-the-scenes access to the wildly popular world of Love Island.
3: Don't miss a single moment of the drama, romance, and unforgettable island vibes. Listen to After the Island on any streaming platform.